Welcome back to Shrinking It Down, Mental Health Made Simple. And today we have our friend Ellen Broughton, Associate Director of the Clay Center, back with us to help us uh, do our show today. Thanks for having me. I'm Gene Bereson. And I'm Steve Schlossman. And Gene, what's our topic today? Well, today we're going to be talking about navigating the mental health system in preparation for Mental Health Awareness Day, which is coming up. So we're talking about navigating the mental health system, and it's a lot different for you and me because we see kids, young adults, families clinically, so we do evaluation, clinical evaluations, psychotherapy, medication management. Ellen does something a little different. You do neuropsych testing. I do. And you consult the schools. Exactly. And you consult to us and you explain. Hold on, hold on. Let her tell us what she does. What do you do? No, you're exactly right. So I do neuropsychological assessment, assessment of learning disabilities and ADHD and things like autism. And as part of those assessments, I'm really working very closely with schools, with the um, consulting psychologists, I mean psychiatrists. You can psychologists as well. Yeah. Um, And uh, and so um, as part of that, I, I really work in a lot of different systems. And so I get to see not just how people navigate the mental health system when we're talking about insurance and getting the right sort of practitioner, but also how to uh, how they navigate multiple systems. So, of so I hear tell, this may not be true, but I hear tell that these systems don't always work so well together. That's a myth though, right? Or is but it? Let's, let's, let's back it up a little bit. Okay, Wait. before we get to the system, let's talk about the kid. Wait a second. Let's talk about, because you got a kid with a problem. So how does this begin? Before you even get to the system, so a parent... You mean like a kid who interrupts somebody else's... No, no, no. Oh, okay, go ahead. Are you talking about me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Um, yes. No, no, I'm just saying a parent or a teacher or somebody notices that a kid may have a problem. And let's say they have a problem in school or with academics. Or let's say they have a behavioral problem. And then somebody says, like you pointed out, what to worry about? What do I do? And then they have to hit the system. Right? Yeah. Okay, so what were you going to say? I was going to say that system, I was being sarcastic and suggesting that these systems, which are supposed to be sort of seamless because these are people in duress, actually don't work that well. And I mean, Ellen knows this better than any of us I, because you're among all these systems. I, 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 I wouldn't say they don't work that well. I would say they don't work all that well together, together. because right. we don't have any system in place for bringing us all together. So those kind of centralized well, exactly. no for Right. When, when a parent is really concerned, there's no one perfect place for them to go. And I think sometimes parents get caught up in, in the idea that I have to find the right system, the right person. They have to find someone to start with. They just have to get in a door. They have to get in a door. Right. And yeah. that door can be their pediatrician's door, it can be their teacher's door, it can be the guidance counselor's door, or they can, you know, go outside and seek someone like us. But I think they're, they're first person they should go to is someone who knows their child really well, which right. is oftentimes their, oftentimes their teacher. The teacher. And, and we shouldn't overlook the fact that kids are raised in families and grandparents have wisdom and aunts and uncles and and so who knows the kid? And very often it's it's you know the grandmother saying you don't need to worry or saying you should get this checked out. But it's also and who's people who've seen other kids as well to make the comparisons. Because if you just have an only child and you only know one kid, you may not be able to get it. But if you've seen a number of kids in your family, well, that's also why parents need to talk to each other, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look. Yeah. The, so how many can, times do we do we get a call where parents say, "I've talked to my neighbors, I've talked to my parent, my how friends." How many times and, have I talked to my neighbors? Yeah. And, and 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 you know, there's something that needs to be done about about. Yeah. 
I mean, that's what community is about. There are things put into place, I think, for in a lot of communities that can be helpful. But I think when when problems are complex and we're all dealing together, it can be very hard for us to find the time and space and but let, let's, route let me be very concrete. We're talking about this system in the abstract in some ways. But so if a kid has a problem and they come to you for psychological testing because the school wants it and then you've got to deal with insurance companies so we've got an insurance company then they may have a clinical provider they could have a pediatrician or a child psychiatrist involved or a child psychologist so that's another social part of worker, the system. social worker, worker mental health workers pra nurse yeah. practitioners so there's clinicians so we've got the testing we've got the insurance companies we've got the providers we've got the school system and then we've got all these other agencies like state agencies, depending on their insurance and depending on, like the Department of Education has components, Department of Mental Health has components. The state, the state, the state, the state level. The state yeah. at the state level. So there's the local level, which is the school, there's a municipality, so the town might have different services, the community might, the state might. So how does a parent that comes to you, let's say, with a possible learning problem deal with all of those moving parts. You mean the kid with the learning problem. Kid, yeah. Right, right. Well, I, I think there are two things here. One is that hopefully somebody like me is actually helping them navigate. I feel like that's part of my job when I do an evaluation. And the kinds of evaluations that I do are, are very comprehensive and, and I want to hear from every single person involved in that child's care because I feel like it's my job to sort of distill that and bring that together. But I think going even a step backwards from what you're saying, a lot of times when there is a problem, the parents don't even know which of those things you just described where to go. Right. They don't know where to start. And I think telling them or letting them know that there's no perfect option. It's not always perfect to come to me first or to you first or their pediatrician first. I think what they need to keep in mind is they need to go somewhere first and hopefully that person will help them negotiate that, that system. Right, so it's, it's like it's, a rare moment <clears throat> where somebody just happens to call you out of the blue. Someone's asked them to give you a call. Well, not, yes, not necessarily. I mean, and, and I'm sure it's the same with you. I think a lot of ways people get our names are through word of mouth, through yeah. other parents. They talk to other parents, they're right. concerned. They talk to other parents, or they talk to their pediatrician, or they talk to someone in their the school, school who's worked yeah. with someone like us. And I think that's one of the best ways to, to find and access care. It can still take a very long time for them to get it. But, but it's, you know, we all get calls just out of the blue from parents who are desperate to, to you know, have us provide help in any way possible. So for me, one of the most important things I want to say is, what has your pediatrician or what has the person who you've seen suggested may be the problem? Because I want to have a sense of how serious it is. I, what I try to do when they call me is I want to find out the level of severity. If this is an emergency, I want to say go to your local, go, go to the emergency room. So I want to do safety first. And so let's say it's not imminent danger. Then I have to say to them, uh, you've got to check with your insurance. But I think we need to broaden this, too, because th there is this sense of hopelessness, and there, there definitely is. I mean, there isn't a day that goes by that I don't hear from a hopeless 
family. Yeah. Um, and so, and th there are times when you, you have to see a psychiatrist, you have to have an evaluation with a neuropsychologist in order to get the appropriate treatment. Yeah. But there are lots of other mental health issues where they don't necessarily have to come see someone like us. And so I think we have to broaden those, those treaters as being part of, you know, the school counselor, mm -hmm. um, uh, social workers who are in the community, uh, pediatricians, and I think that oftentimes we, you know, parents get sort of locked into seeing one of us. Many times it's appropriate, but I think learning more about getting more information, and sometimes it's from your teacher or your child's teacher or pediatrician as to how worried should I be right now so that I know yeah. exactly I, I where feel, the I best place really, to go really to seek Yeah, we all do this. You're talking, you're talking about triaging, basically. Exactly. And you know, it's it's interesting because we're the only field where um, where somebody comes to us saying we know we have something that you do th that you can treat. Whereas, like if you go in saying I think I have strep throat, they look in your throat and they say, well, let me culture it. You do or you don't. We should have something akin to that, right? Like there should be a way to have an evaluation before they come to see somebody regularly. Well, like that's part of the streamlining yeah. that we would like. Right. And, right. And, and and you know, you're right, Ellen. I mean, you know. The, the people at school might be equipped to do that because they, they see a whole range of kids mm -hmm. and they may know which kids are, are, are within, what we would say is within normal. Not, not just might be. I mean, by definition, um, adjustment counselors, not necessarily guidance counselors, but adjustment counselors. They know what's normal by and what, definition, what's off. Yeah, right. that's part of their yeah, training. Yeah. And, and frankly, pediatricians absolutely don't, don't necessarily know. They, they, are, they may worry. Well, the mm -hmm. questions were all over their boards. They do know. It's, I, I think the issue with pediatricians, and I've talked to tons of them, as have you, they, they want to do the right thing. It's just they've got, you know, 11-minute blocks per patient. Right. So it's hard to do an evaluation. So, so I think one of the things to, to really make sure parents know is to know what they want from their pediatrician when they go in for that appointment. Going prepared, I think, is, is very important. And then um, also, like, Asking your pediatrician what you need, seeking guidance from them, um, I think, yeah. So if you had, if you were asked to give a parent, say, three questions to bring to their pediatrician, what would they be? I think not as much questions, but information. So here's my child. Here's what, I, what I'm worried about. And then should I be worried about? What are the things that I should be worried about if this continues? And when could I feel relieved? And then I think that yeah. almost everyone, unless it truly is a crisis and they're going to an emergency room, is going to have to wait to see someone like us. And that's frustrating for parents. And I think one of the things that they can remember is that as they're waiting, they can be observing, they can be educating themselves about what it is they're concerned about, they can be providing information and, and, and gathering information about their child for when they do see someone like you. And in fact, and that's that's going to be we, more helpful. That's what yeah. I mean, not to tutor our own home, but that's what we try to do with the Clayser. And we want to give exactly. people a place they can go to read about some of these issues. So when that appointment rolls around, if they happen to need it, they come with some some knowledge. Right. Right. It's not just let's just wait and see. But I have to wait, and now I'm going to get educated, and I'm going to be very watchful. And they know what to look for. They know yes. what questions to ask. Yes. And when they come in, they know they know what you know you know what might be what might be off the chart to what might mm -hmm. be kind of like just a phase that the kid is going through. Mm -hmm. They may have a sense of that. And I you know I tell parents when they call I like maybe you guys don't do this. I flat out say, hey, this system at times can feel broken. Mm 
Like I just acknowledge it rather than try to try to sort of act like, oh, this is just the one time, you know, because they're going to go talk to everybody else. I just say, it's, it's a messed up system. I wish I could make it better. Here's the best I can do. And, you know, you assess for safety, you do all those things. But I think telling people that and then helping them to advocate with their political leaders and their, you know, policymakers, things like that, that'll move us forward. We, I mean, it's different than it was even 20 years ago. And so I think we're making strides. I don't want to paint too pessimistic a picture. That's, that's what I'm saying. No, I don't either. And I think the best way that parents can advocate is to be informed. Yeah. And so informed in general, but also informed about their child. Yeah. Uh, this is who my child is, and this is why I think they need whatever it is, when they're, especially when they're negotiating um, and advocating within the school system. So, so take homes, know your kid, right? Know what your kid needs as best you can by, by arming yourself with knowledge about your kid and about what's going on. Talk to the school and the pediatrician and then advocate on both a local and a less than local, you know, more broader level uh, for uh, improved parity so that we don't have to have this discussion again next year in the same way. Mm-hmm. And would the same thing be true for possible learning and attentional Exactly. I mean, a- advocating at a state and, and a federal level for uh, to make sure that your child has rights and the ability to advocate for what they need. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely true. But I also think, too, that parents also have to advocate for their particular child and, and that there is something to be said for just knowing your child makes this issue so much better. I don't mean this issue, but makes whatever issue they're going through with their child so much better when you sort of know that, oh, this is what I'm dealing with. Of course, that's what we're talking about is a lot of parents just want to know. They want to come to you and say, what is it that I'm, I'm dealing with here? Um, right. right. I know Billy likes violent video games, but am I dealing with violent Billy? Yes. That's the kind of question we get. Yeah. Right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And um, if you have any comments or questions, which I'm sure you will, uh, because we, we're not giving you very many answers here because um, the system's broken. Uh, just call us up, write us in, send in some, 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 uh, some questions and, 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 and comments, and see you next time. I'm Gene Bresson. I'm Ellen Brown. And I'm Steve Schlossman. Thanks for watching. <laughs>